Good morning, peoples. It is good to see you today. We are glad you are here. It's your first time hanging with us. We're glad you uh, take time out of your week, crafted time out of your week to come hang and uh, worship and open God's word and just hopefully be blessed today in one way or another. If you're a regular or if you're online with us today, we're glad that you are here also as as always. Uh, this, this week, we're starting this new series entitled Burdens and Blessings, right? And before we get into this, I just want to point to a little bit of what Julie was talking about with the uh, Southwest launch tonight. Tonight is kind of, today's kind of a big day in the life of Countryside, right? It was we go to multi-site idea, and you go, what does that mean? Just work with us, all right? Like, we're defining this as we go along. We've done a lot of research and planning and preparing for it, but how many of you have ever prepared, like, for a big holiday gathering, and then you went, oh, that didn't go as expected. Did you ever you ever had that go right? Because you have family that show up. You're like, I didn't know you were coming. Okay, I didn't know you were coming. Or they bring friends, which you told them to bring friends. But do you ever have the person in your family who brings friends, even though it was supposed to be open to bringing friends, and they didn't tell you how many friends were coming? Did you do you ever have that situation? We're hoping for that kind of situation tonight, right? We're preparing for that situation tonight of just not really knowing who's all going to be there, but whoever God brings. God brings, and so we're going to be prepared for that. So today is kind of a big day in that, and ask you guys to pray for that and be in, entrenched in prayer over the next few weeks as this gets going and, and see what God does with it. Uh, it's, it's, it's neat, as Julia said, as the Vision 33300 was cast back in fe uh, January, February this year, it was seeing it unfold and things take place and um, God working in that. And we take no credit for that except just maybe the credit of listening, right? And we always try to improve on how we listen to God more intently. So we are stoked for that. If you are planning on coming or inviting a friend to that, we encourage you to message that, post it, do whatever you need to do to invite the people in. Do you know most people are invited into a space to worship God for the first time by a friend? Do you know that, right? And, and the misnomer is, you're like, that you've heard, is that people go, uh, they don't want to be invited to church, right? No, actually, they, a lot of people will come to a lot of things in life they're not even familiar with, they're just invited into. Like, how many of your KU fans, like football fans, right? You would go to a K-State football game if someone invited you and paid for your ticket, right? Like you'd show up. You should because you get to see a game win. I mean, it would be a cool deal, right? And so, uh, throw, throw it in there. I know they won yesterday. First time, like 40-some road games, right? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's cheerable, right? Like uh, they beat Central Michigan, okay? That's Ah, uh, anyways, it's okay, it's good. So invite people into that space because they will come, they'll come with you. And the, we have a culture and a society that's starving for truth. And the reality is we believe as a church wholeheartedly, the scripture teaches, God is the author of truth, he's the one that defines truth. And if we can help people come face to face with him for the first time, they will get fed and fill their bellies of what they are being hungering for, that they might not even know what fills that belly. So this morning we're starting this series entitled Burdens and Blessings. This is going to be kind of our MO mantra, if you will, uh, for the next seven, eight months as the church. Kind of an overarching theme. We're going to teaching and working and serving and preparing and living underneath this kind of, the, this, this idea and this thought. If you watch the sermon bumper, how many of you guys watch the bumper before we go up? Or do you just like, oh, it's a time to sit down and not sing, right? If you watch the bumper, I hope you saw at the top, it says, be, um, it says, see a burden, right? Be a blessing. I don't know if you saw that when it popped up. And that's really what we're going to be looking at over the next uh, few weeks is that how is it that we identify burdens and how is it that we bless others? How do we be a blessing to the world around us? 
And today we're going to look at this first word burden and, and we want to define it this way. It will be on the screen. And for the next few, few weeks, we want to see the word burden as this. A heavy load one cannot carry on their own. Right? A heavy load that one cannot carry on their own. Is that some of us have burdens, but of, many of us, you know, that burdens uh, are, are, well, they're more than just what one person can bear. In other words, burdens come in varying depths and lengths and leave varying impacts. In other words, burdens all look different, right? They all can be different compared in comparison to one another. In fact, I think they come in kind of three forms, if you will, a little bit. And the first kind of burden that you maybe see just at a high level is a, is a season, we'll call it what we call a seasonal burden, right? Is that we all have seasons in our life that just seem a little bit more difficult than the next. We, we hope we get through it quickly because quite frankly, it's just, it's not fun. When someone asks, how are you doing? You want, you're like, yeah, <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a tough season. The, the reality of it is, is maybe the way we can illustrate it is this, is how many of you are looking forward not to mowing your lawn anymore? Are you looking forward to that, right? Putting the lawnmower away, sticking it into the garage, and you're not going to be out there dealing with the lawn anymore. But in your garage, many of you probably, where you put the lawnmower away, there's something called a rake. Have you, have you, seen, have you seen that sitting there, right? Pretty soon the season will be where you need to grab the rake, right? And you're going to start raking what? Leaves, And then you're going to start thinking, man, that lawnmower wasn't quite so bad. That was gas-powered and automated, right? Like, I could, I could make that happen. But next to that rake, also, you have what's called a shovel, right? How many of you, just a show of hands, would you rather mow the lawn or shovel your driveway? Not with a, not with a snowblower, but shovel your driveway. Would you like to shovel it more than you like to mow, right? Yeah, there's like one person. We love you. Okay, we love you, right? The, the, the truth is, when you think through it, for me, and then seasonally, I, there's moments in life and seasons in life that I'm like, man, I just hope this goes quickly. But then you get through to the next season and realize, man, that, this season is maybe as difficult as the last season. It's just a little bit different, right? Or it's a little easier, but in some ways it's more difficult. And the same is true in mowing your lawn and raking your leaves. Is that it seems as though the leaves to rake them are predictable. As you can see the leaves on the tree and they fall down and you rake them, you think, oh, I got a little bit more leaves to fall and you rake them again. But snow, it's, it's unpredictable, right? Uh, you know it's going to get cold out, but when's it coming? Uh, we're not sure, but we know it could. And so there's seasonal burdens. Some are predictable and some are unpredictable. The other kind of burden that maybe you have is just, it's called situational burdens is what we're going to call it. Situational burdens. Situational burdens is the idea of a job, right? Is that you're in a job and it's just not going well. Maybe there's transition that's happening. A new boss has come in and he used, he used to have a boss who held, hung out in his office and just kind of let you do your thing. And now you got the boss who's like relational. And if you're an introvert, that's horrible, right? He's coming out and checking on you and seeing how you're doing. And now your numbers really matter in sales. It's not just fictitious numbers. Like they really want to get in your business and it, it's situational. Or maybe for some of you, it's, a da it's dating, or is that you're in a dating relationship that if one thing could just be a little bit different, it would be a whole lot better. Maybe if that person would just get a job, if they would just get a car, right? Like it, it's situational, or maybe it's money. Is it situationally right now, it's just not as much in savings as there used to be, and it, it's, there's hope at the end of the tunnel. There's light at the end of the tunnel. But, but the, it, just in the situation, in the moment, it, it's heavy, it's difficult. Or maybe it's not seasonal and maybe it's not situational, but for you, it's spiritual. That there are spiritual burden. In other words, it's 
sin. And sin is the choices we make that are contrary to the will of God. And therefore, there is a heaviness and a burden. And for some, that burden that's on the inside is because it's hidden sin. It's sin that you've been navigating on your own, trying to overcome the temptation and not falling into that temptation. But you're not doing a very good job at it. And it's building and it's building and it's building. And the reality of it is, is that it's, well, it's creating a burden. It's creating a burden. Or maybe in spiritual burdens, it's because you are sharing in the sufferings of other people is that you know someone's going through just some tough stuff and you said yes to walk with them and you have all all the good intentions and it's really good and it's of God and you're praying through it, but there's still just a heaviness there, right? There's a heaviness because you're sharing in that with them. You see, the reality is is that burdens do come in different shapes and sizes and depths and widths and, and even lengths. And see, all burdens can look a little bit different. They feel a little different and leave a little bit different taste in our mouth. But it seems as though George MacDonald, who was an Irish uh, author and, and pastor from the 1800s, maybe he hit on something with this. He says, no man ever sank under the burden of the day. It was when tomorrow's burden, it's when tomorrow's burden is added to the burden of the day that the weight is more than one can bear. Right? You think about that. I think he's maybe on to something here. Is that those situational burdens, those seasonal burdens, those spiritual burdens aren't really the ones that sink us in the day. It's when there's burdens that are added on top of that. See, it's that we can handle today. I can handle today, right? I mean, how many of you are good at handling today? Like, bring what it may, I'm good with today. But if you take what happened yesterday and it's not resolved and then burdens come today, it gets a little bit deeper, right? And then tomorrow's going to come, and next thing you know, the burdens of yesterday and today and tomorrow, they get higher. And what George MacDonald is saying is is that we can handle today, but when it comes to tomorrow adding to today, well, it gets gets deeper. (laughs) It gets deeper. Uh, This last Wednesday, I had a deep moment of burden that kind of had, it was defining for me, that was either going to make my week, I was going to choose for my week to be good, or it was going to derail me. Uh, this last Wednesday, uh, normal day at the Bruns house, my wife, get, we get up and wife helps get, we have three buses that come to our house, right? Preschool, middle school bus, preschool bus, elementary bus. We have our own bus fleet, okay, right? Uh, Seaman, Seaman Transportation has Br- Bruns highlighted, okay, that's what it is. She, our middle school daughter does the busing on her own. Preschool daughter, my do- wife takes her out to the bus. Everything's good. Elementary kids are running around out there. There's neighbors around. They get on the bus. She comes inside. Our two little two-year-olds are inside doing their thing. I get my stuff together, and I walk out the door to leave. And all of a sudden, I walk out the door and realize my car's gone. Okay? And you have to understand, it's kind of funny now. We can laugh a little bit. Because our family was outside for 45 minutes getting on the bus, and no one realized that Dad's car was gone, right? Like, we're in the driveway. My car's gone. And I step outside, and I had that moment. If you know the old movie, not recommend you watch it, but, dude, where's my car? Okay, right? <laughs> had that moment. Uh, dude, where's my car? And I come inside, and Julie goes, what do you mean? I'm like, my car's gone. Like, my car's gone. Your car's there. My car's gone, okay? Like, my, my car's gone. She goes, what do you, is it, I don't even know what she said, but in my mind I heard, did you move it? Did you lose it? Like, that's usually when I say, where are my keys? She's like, did you lose them? And I didn't lose them, okay? I, I didn't lose the car. And so in this moment, I have this, this ah, that my car is stolen, Okay? Like, I live where my car doesn't get stolen. Like, that's my mindset. That is my thought process that my car doesn't get stolen. And more importantly, why would you steal a Nissan Sentra? Okay, like, like if you're going away for Grand Theft Auto, if you're watching, I'm not promoting it, but go BMW, go Mercedes, do something worth your time, right? 
So I call the sheriff's department, they come out and it's pouring rain and to top it off, my car's stolen and it's raining, okay, right? And I'm standing there and he asks me, he says, so he first thing he says to me, he says, so, you're, so you got your car stolen? That's what he said. And I said, no, I didn't get it stolen. It, it is stolen. Like I, I was not part of the stealing of the car, right? He didn't mean it in any way, but we had conversation and I said, so what do we do from here? Well, we'll look for it. That's what he said. And I said, so man, he was an awesome guy. I said, I said, sir, can you just tell me, be honest with me, like, I need to know here, like, what chance am I gonna get my car back, right? So he says, 50-50, right? And I said, I thought to myself in the moment, if that's the lottery, I'm in, okay? 50-50, I'm in, I'll buy a ticket, 50% chance, I'm gonna win, 50, I'm in. But 50-50 to find my car was not quite what I was looking for. I'm hoping at least 80-20, okay, do the good. And he says, but even that good 50, <laughs> he says, it depends when we find it and what condition it's in when it comes back. You might not want to find it. That's what he said. I thought, well, happy Wednesday, right? See, a burden for me in the moment this week, there was a defining moment where I had to choose whether the burden was going to be real. And not that it wasn't real, it, my car is stolen, and by the way, it's still stolen, so if you're out and about and you see a, a Sentra out there, um, just say hi, okay, say hi. But, but the reality of it is, is that I had a moment in the week where I had to choose whether it was gonna do, my burden was going to define me, right? It was going to define my week, it was going to define the moving forward, if you will. Or if it was going to be part of my life and the burden was going to be part of what was going on, but rather it was not going to define me, but rather shape and, shape and mold me. See, because I was learning something this week, and it seems very simple that it's just a car and it's a physical thing. And at first, i got to be honest, I want to confess to you, I wasn't even really upset. Like, I was just kind of perplexed, if that makes sense. Like, like I got a car stolen, right? Like, my car got out of my driveway, right? And anyways, I'm still processing that. But as the week went on, I started to become a little more bitter. Does that make sense? Like, as we're driving around with our family everywhere we went, our kids are like, I think that's your car, Dad. Okay, like, as they're driving by, I'm like, nope, definitely not our car. That's a Mercedes. That's not our car. And uh, it, 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 it became a little bit more bitter. But I, it was remind, it's always interesting, and I have to be so careful with this, but it's so true that when we prepared to teach, we prepared to preach, we prepared this six months ago, God knew my car was going to get what? Stolen. I love you, God, okay? But also, he knew that today is the day we're going to talk about burdens, and I want you to hear this this morning and hear it very clearly. We all have a burden. We all have a burden. Whether it's a different shape, a size, or situation, it's still a burden. And in my moment, in the moment today, I have other burdens in my life that probably outweigh the missing car, right? Can I, if we get down to the root of it. But in the moment, on Wednesday, I had no greater burden than that my car was gone, right? And so I want you to know today, you have a burden, I have a burden. And as a church, as we look through this, we want to continue to understand that we all do have a burden. We have a burden. And for some of us, it's a different size and shape, but we do have a burden. And in today, as we see this, I want you to hear that Jesus' ministry, this is what's so perplexing to me. I wish I would have seen it 10 years ago, but in the most simplest of form, I think God's opened this up. Is that Jesus' ministry, and he came to earth because he knew we had a burden. That, that was what his ministry was about. It was identifying burdens and providing what? A blessing. That is what his ministry was about. At the simplest of forms. 
And, and to be fair, God, it didn't wasn't that Jesus was like conjured up from his human, human nature. It came from God the Father. And scripture teaches us that while Jesus was and God and Jesus were sitting in heaven, God looked down and saw mankind and went, man, they have an issue. They have a problem. They have a burden. They have a sin problem. They have a sin burden. And so therefore, he's going to identify the burden and provide a, provide a blessing. And so today, as we see this in Psalm 55, 22, it tells us this. I think we have this today. It says, cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you and he will never let the righteous be shaken. Now, can we just take a deep breath real quick? Is, that, is, is it fair to confess that's easier said than done? Can, can we confess that today, right? You read that and you go, yes, go God. Wednesday, your car gets stolen. You go, I don't know. I don't know about that, right? I believe God wants to hear it. I believe God wants to know it. But I don't know how easy it is to cast it upon him and God's going to take care of it, right? But today, as we see this burden piece, it sounds easier like this. Uh, we said this sounds easier than said. But over the next four weeks, we will see that this, we will see that this idea of burdens and blessings, what it truly means, that there is a balance between the offerings of God and there's a balance between the offerings of God and the tension of the burdens that come with those offerings. The life that he's given us, there will be burdens. Scripture does not, excuse me, does not teach us that when we get blessing from God, everything smooths easily and sails easily. But rather, when we live in relationship with God, there will be tension, there will be burdens. And so over the next few weeks, I can give you two promises, and I can't promise a lot, but I can promise you this, is that burdens are real. The burdens are real. That you have a burden, I have a burden, every man, woman, and child in this world has a burden, one shape or another. The other promise I can make to you, that blessings are eternal, right? Blessings are eternal. When they come from the Father, they are never-ending. And they might seem finite, but long-term, when He blesses us, when we go through trials, even the burdens get heavy. God's shaping and molding us to help us understand that there is no burden that we have is bigger than the God who created us. There's no burden heavier, heavy on our heart that God cannot tend to, and God does not want to work in us. You see, John 16.33 tells us this. When Jesus talks to His disciples... He says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have what? Peace. We'll unpack this in a second. We'll read this first. It says, in this world you may have trouble, but take heart, I have, read that together, overcome the world. Right? In this, in John 16, there's where Jesus is sitting there talking to his disciples. And what he's doing there is he's talking a little bit about the fact, just in a nutshell, is that the world's going to hate you at some point, right? At some point, if you, disciples, if you come to follow me, the world's not going to like you. And I love how Jesus says it. He doesn't say, oh, they're not going to like you. He says they're going to hate you, right? He doesn't say they're not going to find, find you and want you to be in their club. He says they're going to hate you, right? There's one word when I was taught growing up we weren't allowed to say to each other as my brothers. There's a number of words, but this is the one that came out of our mouth. You're not allowed to say you hate them, right? I'm like, I feel that. Okay, like, like I felt that uh, as the week went on. I don't even know who took my car, but there's this boiling disdain towards them, right? And I'm trying to justify it, and it's falling towards hate. And hate's not a good thing, but Jesus says this. He says, the world will hate, will hate you. And he continues on to talk to his disciples in these conversations about how it is that they're going to have the Holy Spirit working in them. And all of a sudden, when they have negative and grief hits them, that joy is going to come upon them, and they can find joy in him. 
But all of a sudden there, when the disciples start asking deeper questions, in a nutshell, if you've ever written a, written a paper or a paragraph, you know at a very young age, they teach you that your title or your, your summary sentence goes at where? The top of the page, right? The top of the paragraph or the bottom of the paragraph or the bottom of the page. You, that's how you sum up your, it's your topic sentence. Here, there's a topic sentence for the discourse and conversation that Jesus is having with his disciples. Is this verse, is the end of this, is verse 33, is that he says, but take heart, I have overcome, I have overcome the world. See, if this is true, then we all have burdens because Jesus identifies it with his disciples, right? Jesus says, don't worry and don't push back because the reality is, I have overcome the world. And once again, I want to admit to you, that seems easy. It's easier said than done. But today I want to walk you through just really two questions and really two statements and questions back and forth that I think help us understand this burden problem that we have. Because if it's true that we have burdens and it's true in this, if we believe the words of Jesus, then that means there's a solution to our burdens that we have. There's a solution to the burden that all mankind has. And so today I want to start with this, with these, this statement, uh, kind of a and or or, okay? The first one is this. I am rooted in the weight of the world, or I am rooted in the truth, right? If you're assessing your burdens, and these are questions that kind of came in my moment, i got to be honest, this week as my car is missing, right? I'm still fixated on that in my mind. I'm trying to move past it, right? It says, am I rooted in the weight of this world or am I rooted in the truth? In other words, when your pain and your, your weight, you sit there in the moment, you look at it and say, hey, is the world defining this burden or is God going to define this burden? Is the world defining this burden or is God going to define this burden? Because for me in the moment, the world was defining the burden. Up to this moment, the world still is kind of defining the burden. Can I be honest? Because in the moment, I want to confess, uh, who did I call first? I didn't pray to God. I called the sheriff, right? Because he's got a gun, right? And he can chase people down, and he can arrest them, and I can feel better about myself. That's why I called him, right? But also, i got to be fair, who's the second person I called? Insurance company. Why? They're going to replace my car because I pay a premium, right? Entitlement, like I've done something, so you're going to do something in return. In the moment, I can be rooted in the weight of the world, or am I rooted in the truth? The truth of the fact that in the burden that mankind has is that God defines truth, that God is the one, no matter if your car gets stolen, whether your marriage goes awry, whether your job is lost, whether your kid says they hate you, what does God say about that? You see, we see in Psalm 145, 18, these words. It says, the Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in what? In truth. In truth. In other words, I love this. I love this from Psalm 143 because as followers of Christ, we can look at that and go, yes, I'm near to God. I'm under the blood of Jesus. I'm going to call upon the name of God. But here in this passage, it's so interesting to me. Is that it seemingly seems, it seems, as you read through Psalm 143, is that it's those who call upon the name of the Lord. That even those who are far from God, that feel the weight of the burden, and maybe you've had a friend or family, or maybe you've been there, where all of a sudden they just fall to their knees and there's no other place they can find help except in who? In God. A few years ago, a gentleman came to my office. And he, he walks in and he just, I said, how you doing, man? He says, uh, not so good. 
I want to tell you, when you say not so good and I ask how you're doing, it's somewhat freeing. Can I, can I be honest? Like being honest in that. But depending on what you say after that, it, it's somewhat heart-wrenching, right? And you know how that is in conversation with others. He walks to my office and he says, hey, I said, how are you doing? He says, not so good. And he, I said, well, sit down, man. What's going on? What's going on? He says, it feels like life is just really, really heavy, right? And in my understanding of heaviness, I know that we know that we all we know in this message, we all have a burden and that God wants to take it. God wants to take it. He wants to bear it. But the truth is, is in the moment for us, if we're focused on the weight of the world rather than the truth of God, life will always feel heavy. And I want you to know it will feel heavier than it really truly is. And in that moment, as we had conversation, he just unpacks things that are going on in his life. And I got to be honest with you in the moment, I'm thinking that is heavy. Right? That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. And what do we do? What, and, and I know what he's, he's not even looking for a solution. And I realized that he just wanted to share that the weight was heavy. And, and I remember in the conversation, stepping back from it just for a second, I kind of sat back in my chair and just listened. And, and I said, man, I know you're not looking for a solution in this really right off the bat, because I don't know if I have like a natism that's going to fix this, right? But I want you to know that it seems as though that you're worried about how the next is going to happen within the framework of the world. Right? How are you going to make the money to pay your house payment? How are you going to fix it with your wife? How are you, when you go to court because of your DUI, how, 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 how? Right? Maybe what the focus isn't of the world, but rather who God is. You see, because when we say this, is that are you, I, the question you pose or the statement you have, I'm rooted in the weight of the world or I'm rooted in the truth. I don't want to sound like just the pastory guy that stands up front and preaches a sermon. You're supposed to say that because that's what the Bible says. I want you to know, and I hope you hear it today, is that's not always easy, right? It's not always easy to, true, to pursue truth rather than the weight of the world because of the weight of the world allows you and I to be in control to fix it. The truth of God requires us to release it to God and build faith in Him. You see, the, the next statement would be this. Is that, the, um, I think we have it on the screen. Here we go. Next question. It says, uh, the burdens, uh, my burdens are heavy, or God is carrying my burdens. My burdens are heavy, or God is carrying my burdens. I, I, I know when you, we, we can say that our burdens are heavy, but there still is a difference between the burdens are heavy and God is carrying my burdens. I've met people who are terminally ill, like in their, on their, literally their deathbed, and they're joyous. Do you hear me? They're joyous. And for some, we'll say it's because they know who they are in God and they know where they're going, right? Can, can we be honest in that? That is very true, very true. But they also aren't worried about the death and the sickness and the illness because they're allowing God to, to take that on, right? To be that, to take it. You see, the other part of this is that my burdens are heavy, but, but I'm allowing God to carry them. Matthew 11.30 tells, tells us this. I think we have this. It says, from Jesus speaking, For my yoke is easy and my burden is what? Light. Now, I want to point back to this again. We mentioned this already, but I want to point back to it again. Notice he says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Do you notice that Jesus says, following him, there still is a burden involved in that? Do you notice that? Is that he didn't say, my yoke is easy and your burden goes away. 
He's saying my burden and compared to the world's burden is significantly lighter. Now, I just want to take a, just a quick poll here real fast. How many of you have ever lifted weights before? Like, like I, don't, I don't mean like you thought about it, like you actually like lifted weights, like went to the gym and lifted weights before, right? In that, um, as you can tell, I do that weekly, okay, like all the time. Um, that's a joke, or right? that's a joke. Uh, and so in that, if you've ever lifted weights before, if you've ever bench pressed, right, where you lay down on the bench and you take the weights and the first there's the bar, right? And with the bar, with the bar, you put weights on the end and you do what? You push it up and you push it down and you push it up and you push it down until you think you're either going to die or someone saves you and then you quit bench pressing. But if you do that after a while, after a while, what I'm told is, okay, what I'm told is after you do that for a while is that you're able to lift more what? More weight. And for some, they'll tell you, you just need to lift like 600 pounds twice and you're going to look like the guys that are on ESPN with veins everywhere, right? Like all over. For others, they'll say, if you want to get strong, you lift more weight, less weight, more times, right? Like repeatedly. And so in other words, you condition your muscles for endurance to be able to do more longer. I want you to hear this. Is that when Jesus says that his burden is light, right? I don't think he's looking for Arnold Schwarzenegger's in, the, in his faith of two pushes and we sail off into the sunset. I think he's looking to use this, that burden to condition us for the long haul. Condition us for endurance. Paul writes about it in the New Testament that he says we prepare to run the race. Right? Run the race. And, and I say this this morning as we prepare for this series, Burdens and Blessings is that we need to understand more clearly is that sometimes in our faith, sometimes, and I get it, especially in the church, we've had people say this before, so uh, you mean we're going to do something more? Right? Like more? Like there's something else? You mean we, we, we remodeled the outside of the building, now there's more? Right? You, you mean that I, I volunteered in a way and now there, there's a need of more? Right? That I need to help more? Can, can I tell you? I get it, man. Oh, I get it. When I walked outside and saw my car missing this Wednesday, you know what I thought? Is this enough, right? Is this enough? Because you know what the deputy asked me? He says, do you know anyone that's homeless or someone that maybe has had prior convictions that would maybe steal a car? And I said, oh, <laughs> I'd have to get our church database. So I said, like, not joking. And it clicked with me. Oh, is that the case? I don't know. Will we ever know? I don't know. But if that's what it means to carry the burden long term, I wonder if Jesus isn't speaking, God isn't speaking. You're willing to lift a little, and the endurance is coming. But, but is the car really the weight, Nate? <laughs> is the car the issue? No, it's not the issue. Because as the band comes, we close with this. Is that if we're going to lift the weights... If we're going to push the bench press up, light weights over a period of time to, to gain endurance, we need to ask ourselves, why do we need endurance? Why? Well, because next week we're going to look at what it means. So you can write it down. You can put it in your notes. Next week's sermon's already titled, right? Eyes are for seeing, right? Eyes are for seeing. In other words, next week we're going to learn and see what Scripture teaches us about how we identify the burdens of other people. How do we identify the burdens in other people's lives? 
Because I realized something is that if we're going to do this, if we're going to lift weights and be, build ourselves, allow God to build us in our faith and for the long haul, for endurance, the reason we need to endure is so that we are around to help others in their, in their burden. We're there to help shoulder the burden with others, to identify their burdens, and therefore we can give and share blessings. You see, I, I know this car thing seems like it's just permeating my message, but i got to be honest with you, church, it's haunting me, okay? It really is. And, the, and I think the reason is, not because I really even care that much about my car, but because, can I tell you what, it's the biggest haunting for me? It's how do I respond when I get the news of who it is? You hear that? What if they go to my church? You don't get communion for a year! That's what it is, right? No, no juice for you, all right? I'm kidding. But what if it's someone who... What if it's someone I know? And how do I respond? Because maybe their burden, the reason they took my car is because they have an addiction and they weren't in their right mind. Maybe the reason they took my car is because they needed to get somewhere because they have no transportation because they're in hard times. Maybe, maybe, maybe their burden becomes the way I extend blessing. Can I tell you something straight? That sucks. Right? That's a challenge for me. That's a challenge for me. But God knows it, and He's going to work in it. And over the next four weeks, we're going to pack all this together. Burdens and blessings. How do I identify the burdens of others? Week four, I want you to mark it down. If you're planning to be gone, don't be gone this week, that week. How do we receive blessings? How do we allow people to bless us? Right? Any of you have issue with pride? Just go like this. Right? Like, if you're proud, you're not going to put your hand in the air like this. How do we accept blessings from others? Because you know what? There's probably people there uh, that want to help you, want to serve you, and they find you have a burden, and you go, no, I'm okay, I'm okay. All on the inside, you're just dying. Church, we want to be a church that understands how do we see a burden? How do we be a blessing? Stand with us as we pray. Here in the moment, we're going to sing and worship in song. And church, in the... In a few minutes here, we'll take communion. If you're new here, you're going to be walked through that with the worship team of how we do communion at stations here. We want this time or the next uh, 10 minutes or so to be very, very intentional with God. To be very intentional with us walking and listening with Him uh, in this space as we worship in songs, we take communion, as we pray together. Is that you know the reason we'll take communion, the reason we worship Him is we recognize that God provided a gift for us through Jesus Christ, provide for a burden that we have that we can't get anywhere else. And that's through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And so as we sing here today, I want you to repeat this. Just say it out loud. I have a burden. Right? Right. You have a burden. And the truth is, God's a God that wants to bless. Let's pray. Father, we come to you. And let us worship you, Father, in truth. Let us hear your word today in truth. As we take communion here in a few moments, let us do it with the right heart, the right knowledge, the right ambition, the right direction of our heart and of our soul, Father. Guide us, God. Guide us. For we know we all have a burden. Thank you for the blessings. But let us know, as Jesus said, that his burden is light, not that there is no burden. But it comes from a, in a different, with a different perspective. And it's lighter because you carry it with us and for us. So God, whatever our burdens are in this place, we allow us to lay them down before you as we sing in this song. In your son's name we pray. And the church said, amen.